Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast. Today I'm really excited to talk about this, and this is neuroassociative conditioning. Or it's something that Tony Robbins derived from NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming. NLP, which is the subject for another podcast. But today we're going to talk about neuroassociative conditioning that has to do with how we associate emotions to really the way we think and move. And we condition ourselves sometimes in negative patterns. And it's just another way that the brain works properly and a way that we can manipulate that and change it so that we can control our emotions for the better. Now, neuroassociative conditioning, it is, uh, has a lot to do with anchoring. And anchoring happens to us without us thinking about it. But we can actually anchor ourselves to certain emotions and associate things in a positive way to our brain on purpose. Let me give you an example of how this sometimes may work. You're at a funeral and people keep coming up to you and they tap you on the shoulder. I'm so sorry. Tap you on the shoulder, feeling bad. Tap you on the shoulder, feeling bad. A hundred times they're tapping you on the shoulder, feeling bad. Ten years later, someone can tap you on the shoulder in exactly the same way and boom, you're in a negative, depressive state of mind and you don't know why. I don't know why I'm feeling so down today. You anchored an emotion to that touch. Because you were feeling bad, somebody touched you. Feeling bad, somebody touched you. This can happen with people, right? See somebody's face, you feel terrible. See somebody's face, feel terrible. After a while, you see their face, you feel terrible. We start to condition ourselves by things that happen together with a strong emotion, and it's anchored. That is anchoring. Now, we can do that to ourselves in a positive way, and we can do that on purpose. And you can start em employing this right now, today. I started using this with my stand-up comedy. So in other words, I would play, we all do this today. We play positive music to change our state. We start feeling a certain way because we're listening to music, which goes to our brain, which affects our emotions. So I started playing you see athletes do this all the time. Before a game, they got the headset on, they're listening to music because they associate that music with feeling empowered, energetic, that they're anchoring themselves and they're, and they're triggering a positive anchor on purpose. Now, we can do the same thing. And I did this, as I said, in, in stand-up comedy. So what I would do is, before I would get, go on with the performance, I would. so what I would do is I, I played all this empowering music that put me in a positive state and I would shake my hand. If you're watching on YouTube, you see I, I would make this move. So I'm shaking my hand in a certain way while I played positive music. And when I was in the peak, peak state, I would shake my hand. Peak state, shake my hand. And there's just that way. And then right before a performance, before I would go on to the stage, I would shake my hand just in that way. And it would put me in that state of mind. And I did that every time that I went on stage and it never failed me. Imagine what you could do if you knew, right? It wouldn't be by chance. Think of yourself in a positive state of mind and you know next week you have a very important interview and you say to yourself, boy, I wish, I hope I'm in that state of mind next Monday when I have the interview. What if you knew? 
You knew right before you went in that interview, you could be in that state of mind. So you could anchor a movement that would put you in that state of mind. Listen to the music that puts you in the state of mind that you want to be in, that peak performance emotion association, and then make a movement to go along with it. Maybe a touch of a finger. Maybe a certain move with your body. Maybe a, sh a certain shake of the hand like I do. Right? Get yourself in that state and associate it with a certain movement so that when you really need it, you could just employ that movement and it puts you in that state of mind and you will have total confidence that you can control putting yourself in that state of mind. It's very empowering when you start using anchoring in a positive way on purpose in your life. Now, when you know that it happens in a negative way, you can also change that. You may know when you see something that you think, or you think of what somebody said to you, or you hear a word and you think of maybe what a parent said to you or yelled at you, or it was, it was a very negative emotion. And something that is said or that you see triggers you to go into that state or triggers you to play that memory. You're playing that tape in your head. You're playing that video on that movie screen in your head. You're seeing that memory. And that memory is going to put you in that negative state of mind. So what you need to do, and you can do this, you change how you're going to play that tape and or video. So now that person that is yelling at you, you change their voice when you hear it. When you start playing that back, change the voice. Make that voice sound like Mickey Mouse. Turn down the volume. Turn down the volume. So every time you get that negative video playing in your head, uh, Tony Robbins calls it a swoosh pattern. I want you to swoosh that view out of your brain and swoosh in a new video of that person's voice sounding like Mickey Mouse. And if you laugh like I just did, just go with that. And then do that over and over again. Create that in your mind and redo that over and over. And every time that happens to you, swoosh the old one out, swoosh the new one in. When you see the old one, start to begin to turn down the light in that. See it a little bit dimmer. Hear that voice. Sounds like Mickey Mouse. It's funny. All of a sudden, that booming, mean, yelling voice sounds like Mickey Mouse. Eventually, eventually, the new video that you keep swishing in and pushing that old one out, that becomes your memory of that incident. All of a sudden, that memory... that You may start laughing now when you have that memory. But you can condition yourself to have that response. You are in control of how your brain plays back that memory. If it's such a bad memory, change how you view it. Change the sounds, change the color, dim it down, make it black and white. Try this today with anything that has triggered you to have a certain memory. See if you can start using that swoosh pattern to wipe out that current view and you create your own view that is different, different sound, black and white. Make it small. Now all of a sudden it's not so big. Make that picture very small. Now that memory cannot impact you how it did in the past. Very empowering. Taking charge of your state, creating positive states through neuroassociative conditioning. We also do this with just certain words. When we say certain words, we are conditioned to have a, so, a certain emotional response to it. Tony Robbins tells a story, and, I, and now I, I have used this so many times, and my wife and I, we laugh and we, 
when we employ this, and we've had to employ it many times. Tony talks about a time he was waiting in line at a hotel, and he was in line to check in, and it was becoming very, very frustrating for him. It was just taking forever. And when he got finally gets to the clerk at the, at the uh, check-in counter, he, he said to the clerk, wow, this wait, you know what, waiting so long, I really became really peeved. And the clerk kind of looked at him and laughed, and then uh, Tony laughed. And so instead of saying he was pissed off, uh, he, he became peeved. So just the word itself has a calming effect, right, or a humorous effect. So you can change words if you find yourself, man, I'm so pissed off right now. Change that. You know what? I'm really peeved right now. You, you will laugh to yourself. Change the words you're using. I would see this all the time in police work. I would see people, you could see that they were changing the words they were saying to themselves as they got ready to fight. That's how you really, I mean, you, you get really good at telling and foreseeing that someone's about to get physical. Someone's about to be involved in a fight or start a fight or throw a blow. People will start to move their body in a certain way. They might move their head back and forth. They start increasing their breathing. You, they start using words, man, I'm just, I'm going to kick your ass. I am so pissed off. Right? They start psyching themselves out. They start getting their emotions psyched up to take a violent, violent action. And a- after you see this over and over again, you start, you become very sensitive to what people are doing to get themselves into a state where they can be involved in a fight or a flight or get ready to run. You see this in police work when you're talking to something. You can almost see them. You, you know right away, this person is getting ready either to bolt and run from me or they're getting ready to fight with me. And so many times I've had to employ what Tony Robbins sometimes does, does in his seminars. When, when somebody's in a negative pattern and that's what he's working on in that particular seminar and he's talking about changing your state, he's talking about neuroassociative conditioning and changing uh, what you're triggered and anchored to respond with. Sometimes he was talking to one lady and she was, oh, my husband this, my husband that, and Tony's going along with her and then he had water in his hand and he poured water over her head and she became startled and she she said, what are you doing? And, and he said, nothing, just tell me about your husband. No, you're, you're crazy, you pointed water over yeah, but tell me about your husband. He interrupted her pattern of thinking and so we can do that with other people when they're in a certain pattern, we can interrupt their pattern. Or as you know, some, some people even get mad, don't, don't try to change the subject because they're in that pattern and they don't, they don't want to get out of it. But you can interrupt that pattern if you, maybe you do it in a crazy way and then you can steer them in a di- different direction. But most importantly, you can do it with yourself. You can change your own pattern, interrupt your pattern. Know that you have an association with certain words. When you say certain words, you feel you have an emotional response to those words. And so when you know that, you can start to, on purpose, interrupt the pattern that you may notice yourself starting to go into. And eventually, you'll change your association to those words and or you won't use those words anymore. You'll change the words you use. You'll go from pissed off to being peeved, which, see, it makes me laugh to this day. So... And if you have a if you have a laughter associated with that word, so when you know you're in a situation that might prompt you 
in your initial response to be angry, you can immediately cancel that response and replace it with a more empowering word and or thought, peeved. I'm getting, this traffic is making me very peeved right now. And so I will laugh. It's fascinating. Jim Rohn would always put in fascinating. Someone said something crazy to you that would normally make you angry and you say, this person is fascinating. And so that's how you can, can take control of your emotions and or states with neuroassociative conditioning. You can do it. It's empowering. Put it into use today. So when you have a certain, let's say it's a behavior you want to change with neuroassociative conditioning, what you got to do is find out, start asking yourself, we're going back to questions again. What's going to happen if I continue doing what I'm doing? Start to associate pain with you not changing the behavior you want to change. So if I don't, if I continue to do this, I'm either going to get arrested. I'm going to lose my relationship. I'm going to uh, die. This is what's going to happen if I continue doing what I'm doing. You have to associate pain with that. And then on the other side of that coin, to make a change, start associating positivity and a vision of, of great things. What, what great is going to happen if I change what I'm doing? If I change from this to that, what great things are going to happen? What's going to happen for me if I change? Start associating the pleasure with changing. Now, a lot of times we will do more to avoid pain than to gain pleasure. So we may have to use our visuals of what bad is going to happen if we continue what we're doing. That may give us more leverage to make the change. But if we employ both together, that, that can be very powerful. I know when my dad was in the hospital and he had had a heart attack and uh, he was in the ICU and uh, all the tubes and all the people actually in the ICU who were getting stints put in, you know, they were, they had artery blockage and they were intubated and I'm, and I'm seeing these visuals and I'm associating this to, wow, at the same time that I was seeing all of this, I had, I had watched a Netflix special called Forks Over Knives where two heart surgeons had basically been studying heart disease, which is the number one killer in America still today. And they actually discovered s separately through their studies that heart disease, the number one killer, could not only be stopped, it could be reversed through a radical change in diet, that the arteries, arteries can actually repair themselves if you do it prior to the point of getting stints put in. And so I started together with seeing my dad in the hospital, seeing people in the ICU with, with all these tubes and picturing myself putting myself in the place of all these people and together what I was learning about arteries and I had such a, if I continue eating the way that I do, what will that mean? That'll mean I'll be here. I'll be in this room. I'm going to have these tubes. I'm going to be intubated like these people. I'm going to have to have stints put in. But what if 
What if I changed the way I was eating? What if I changed, what pleasure would I have? I could live a long, healthy life, probably long, healthy life without being sent to the ICU, without having stints put in, without having a heart attack by preventing the number one killer. So I started conditioning myself and associating my health habits, my eating habits with these. So I was neuroassociative conditioning myself to these negative things and what would happen if I didn't change to what would happen if I did change. And so it was very empowering to know. And if you watch this special, Forks Over Knives, and you'll see them with the evidence that they scientifically came up with that you can actually stop heart disease from continuing and you can reverse it just through diet. Now that's not profitable for, for big pharma or doctors. It's not profitable to say you can change your health right now just by your eating habits and exercise. That is not profitable. What is profitable, profitable is putting you on medications and getting you hooked on drugs and using drugs to control your hypertension, to control your high blood pressure and putting stints in to open up your arteries. That is where the profit is. And most doctors really don't want to, they don't want to advise themselves out of a job. So you you have to take that responsibility on yourself. Now I got down this road because of NAC, neuroassociative conditioning, but that's how I actually, started changing my diet in a positive way. And when you see the results, now initially I did this in a radical way. I kind of went totally vegan. And then three months later I had my blood work done and my triglycerides, my triglycerides, which is the fat in your blood, mine went from 240 something down to 70. My total cholesterol went from 250 down to one. 80. And so those were real results, real fast. Nothing was done but to make a radical change in my diet. Now, at the same time, I was creating these, my neuroassociative conditioning to making these changes in my health and my exercise and my diet. I also read a book, which I almost didn't read because there comes a point where you think you already know too much. So I read a book called uh, How Not to Die by Dr. Gregor. Dr. Gregor became a doctor because when he was a young boy, his grandmother went to the hospital and she was sent home to die. They said, you know what? We can't do another procedure on your, on your heart. There's already too much scar tissue. And if we, to operate, the chances are you won't survive the operation. You should go home, get everything in order and try to finish your life peacefully at home. They really sent her home to die. Now, she happened to see some advertisement on television about the Pritikin Center in Santa Monica, California. And I remember driving by this place on Santa, on the uh, on Pacific Coast Highway in Santa Monica, the Pritikin Center. So for some reason, she saw this video and this grandmother, Dr. Gregor's grandmother, got herself to the Pritikin Center in Santa Monica And they wheeled her in in a wheelchair. And she went radically to a plant-based diet. And several months later, she did not wheel out of there. She walked out of there. 
65 years old when she was sent home to die. After the Pritikin diet, and she started walking, I don't forget what it was, six, seven miles a day. 65, she lived a healthful life till 95. And Dr. Greger found that fascinating. He was so fascinated in how that could happen. His grandmother was sent home to die. She went out to Santa Monica, Pritikin Center, changed her diet radically, lived 30 more years, 65 to 95. And that's why he got on this mission to share information and to become a doctor to help people live a life like his grandmother's. And now he's part of a whole movement called nutritionfacts.org. He uses the Freedom of Information Act to find studies that are not funded by, funded by the people who have a stake in the matter. In other words, if you're going to have a uh, medical study that's funded by the dairy industry, there's a good chance that it's going to promote the use of dairy. But we're going to get into that. We're going to get into uh, diet and exercise on another podcast. This is about neuroassociative conditioning. But when I got talking about what would happen if you don't continue at a certain, the negative things and to associate negatively with certain behaviors and how that can give you leverage to make a change, I was thinking about how that happened for me, seeing my father in the hospital, being there, the smells, the sights, visualization, the negative. If I continue doing what I'm doing, am I going to be in this position? At the same time, I was seeing evidence that if you change in this in a positive way, these positive things are happening. Two sides of the coin were coming together for me, and they impacted me in a positive way, where today, at 65, I'm as healthy, energetic, enthusiastic as I ever was. And I hope that gives you prompt to maybe study this anchoring and neuroassociative conditioning a little bit. And if not, just employ it. Employ it today. Start using your associations with certain words and or movements and manipulate in your own life in a positive way. Hey, thanks for checking in. And please, if you're listening on a podcast platform, subscribe and leave a comment. I love to hear your comments, watching and or listening on YouTube. Subscribe to the channel. And please share it with somebody you think may need to hear it. You're great. Together, we're going to do great things. Weak, but babe, you're on.